Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Come on, It's episode 18, season 9 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. I'm joined by Ricky. Hello. How you doing? Not bad, mate. Good, and also joined by Connor. First time on the pod. How you doing, my son? I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm yeah. feeling good. Yeah, I'm glad you took my podcast virginity. <laughs> I did. I'm willing to take it very hard. Um, yeah, one of the things, uh, one part of the reason why we want to do well, Connor, because you, you've got this big thing about Spurs fans complaining or, or saying that you should be grateful for what Spurs are going through currently because uh, because we associate in the 90s. Yeah, just get over it. It was how, a long time ago. How old are you? 25. So, do you remember the 90s? No. Do you remember, remember how bad it was? My earliest memory is my dad getting really pissed off that the Blackburn goalkeeper got a, got man of the match in like a League Cup final or something. Uh, Brad Friedel would have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad wasn't happy about that. He was he was raging. Yeah. I remember watching that. It was it was before Sky. So, there you go. Field. You know how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what it's about, though? It's about people pre- preserving themselves. It's, it's about finding reasons why... Or, or just to, to qualify what's going on at Spurs at the moment. So if just saying, look, I've had it worse than this, is a, a good way to make you feel yourself a little bit better. Exactly. I don't really think it's enough, though, because people say, like, oh, we've had... Like, basically, it's just a reason to shut down debate. You can't criticise the modern team because we've had it worse. Right. No other fan base in England thinks about that. Think about oh, PSG. That, that's mad. You don't know that. Do you not think? I think everybody finds ways of making themselves feel better. That this is just another way. Yeah, but I, I only talk to Spurs fans, so I'm not bothered. But, like, think about it, like, PSG, when was their last title before they were taken? Like, 1986? Do you think they'd settle for losing to Monaco? No. Right, so what are you saying? What? So, so, so you're saying, like, let's just really... Let, let's let's own how shit we are. Not own how shit we are, but we were shit in the past, and now we're a lot better. Yeah. Why waste time thinking about it? So it wasn't just the 90s, though. It was the 2000s as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was almost two decades. <laughs> I, I remember getting really excited over Giovanni Dos Santos. We all did. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I've, I've been through it as well, but I feel like right now we're better than we've been in my life, and we should think forward instead of backwards. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is a tricky podcast to do, right? Because... We did the one after Leicester, where yeah. we were just almost laughing at, at how things are going, because what else could you do? Yeah. And that went down quite well. Yeah. I, think, I can't remember what, after what, what game it was, but I think it was a Leicester one. Or maybe it was Brighton. Or maybe it was Colchester. Or, it's or, too or, many. It's too many. It sort of fades into one kind of big podcast. Um, so, so this is a tricky one, because you can't keep laughing, but, but by the same token, people download this podcast because they don't want to be made to feel miserable so there's a responsibility to them hmm. there's also a responsibility to people like saying well that isn't good enough so I don't know what to do I don't know how we're going to do this this pod it's, it feels like uncharted, uncharted territory a little bit well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start it off then go on then right <clears throat> right right um, what is it when everyone goes to start something they say right right right, right, right. I'm prepare off. yourself no, no, right <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know what anyone expected the result to be going up to Anfield. I think we all felt we all felt that we were probably going to lose. Um, a lot of us felt that we were going to get an absolute tanning, yeah. um, and we didn't. And for the first half, that early goal really settled, settled the nerves, uh, and, it, and it was great to get that early goal. It settled the nerves for me. It just intensified them because I thought maybe no, exactly I think that. For the I was like, we've got something going on here, but for us, it was nervy. But for for the team. 
the way we set up, the way that um, we uh, we held our, our defensive line, defence midfield, the way everyone was dropping back, and it looked like a bit like old times where. Uh, when Liverpool did have the uh, ball, people were rushing out towards them to press them. Mm. Um, and we continued throughout the first half, even though Liverpool were uh, were attacking us, to, to, to hold those lines. Uh, the keeper had a great game, uh, and, and everyone was mucking in. And after that first half, it wasn't like I sat back and thought, do you know what, I think we're going to win this. But I did sit back and think, you've, you've given a good encounter, and yeah. there was a, a show of maybe uh, unity within the team or, or, or like that they had listened to instructions and this is how we're, we're going to play it, this is what we're going to do and then as well with um, that was uh, that was noted you know the uh, every time there was a foul people were adjusting shin pads in front of the ball don't let them play quickly there's a lot of shit there was, yeah, a lot of shit hours in and I like that because you're just ringing every uh, bit of um, tactical nous uh to win the game and to not let them get rhythm and and for you to be able to do something. And in the second half, that uh, they scored two goals. It was two individual errors. But again, I still felt we gave a great account of ourselves and we held our shape well. Um, Sonny uh, hit the bar, could have made it 2-0. Yeah. If it had, if it had a, you know, a couple of inches lower and it bounced off the bar and gone in, or, or clearly gone in, um, it's, it's a completely different game. Connor, what do you think of Pochettino's tactics? Well, because a lot of people were talking shit about the lineup, but it wasn't terrible. Like he hasn't really got many choices to make, other than I would have started in Dombele because I feel like he's probably what the best centre midfielder we've had in a long time, the most consistent. Mm. Like I was quite happy that we didn't concede just before half time because <coughs> we'd done that a couple of times recently, yep. and that I was like, that's a mental thing. I was positive, but then they can they scored in like what the first ten minutes, yeah, of the second half. So I was disappointed with the result. Like we gave a good, like we gave a good example of ourselves, but yeah. I kind of feel like that was a bit moving backwards. Thinking like, oh, let's just give a good, like let's just show that we can play it as opposed to going for the win. Yeah, um, I think like with if there is a, there's clearly an issue about motivation. We won't go into it again because we've done it so many times. But everyone knows what's going on. What Pochettino did, if we're going to put a positive spin on what we saw, was circumnavigate the issues of an unmotivated team. And just get the players to be disciplined. Everyone knows their roles. Yeah. No one's going to have mm. to. You, you don't have to do anything other than what's asked of you as a as a professional footballer at this level. And I think we saw that. But I think where the frustrations come from is that this isn't what we expect to Tottenham, and this isn't what we've seen from Tottenham in the past. But it was the right thing for Pochettino to do, yeah. which was sit back and encounter. Because that was something I was going to say, what I noticed, like, I shouldn't quote Sky Sports commentary, but they said about Ericsson, because there was a point where Son on the left was tracking back every time Trent went forward, yeah. and Ericsson was supposed to track Robertson, and he wasn't really doing that, and I shouldn't quote Jamie Carragher, but he said, like, that's not in his character, and that was one thing we always used to say about Ericsson, like, if he wasn't pinging forward passes or playing well, like, he tracked back, like, he covered the most ground for us in a lot of games. Yeah. But now we're at that point where Ericsson not tracking back. A lot of people are like, oh, that's just the way he feels about Spurs at the moment. So that was a bit disappointing for me. But can you remember what the theme of Match of Day sounds like? Um, no. What is it? I don't know what it is. Beautiful day by you too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was the last time I watched that. Um, mate, have you looked at the league table this year? Not uh, once. I, I kind of had a little look before the results, but... Um, Nah, I've just kind of stayed. Well, I, don't, I don't know where we are in the league. We're, we're around. But, like, but that's what I'm saying. 
Oh, we've got Mark. Of course we are. We've lost all the yeah, games, haven't we? lost yeah. all the games. So. <laughs> but that was another thing about Liverpool when they said, because obviously we beat them 4-1, and that was a great result, but they were like, that's Two years the ago, one game in 15 matches we've beaten Liverpool. Mm. Which is, if we were going into like playing Watford Palace or something, we were like, we've only lost one in 15, but like, we're going to batter them. So I kind of feel like that's probably how Liverpool feel about us. Is the result against the Red Star Belgrade, it was a great performance and a great result. Yeah. And then you go up to Liverpool, like you say, Ricky, no one was expecting anything from us. Um, and least of all Spurs fans. And you thought you were going to get a tan in, as you say. It didn't happen. It was a spirited performance, albeit a horrible result in the end. And Liverpool did kind of dominate, but we kind of allowed it. It was a part of the game plan to, to yep. that, that they were they were always going to have a lot of the ball. Did did you? Is there enough in the last two performances to say that perhaps there are signs that our season is beginning to turn a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like as you said, the, the uh, result against Red Star. Yeah, you can say Red Star are uh, not a great team, but you still have to turn in uh, performances against these so-called uh, lesser teams as well. So. And it's it, you know, it's it, we're under pressure because you know we're, we, we've had uh, come off the back of like t- two losses, like convincing losses, and we're playing against um, Red Star in front of our home fans that, that are going to be disgruntled quite early on if we're not if the team aren't showing or performing, and we smash Red Star, and then going up to Liverpool like uh, again, it's like we're saying like we were dominated by Liverpool, and that's part of the game plan. But how many times is it that Liverpool actually go to teams and dominate them on their own turf anyway, let alone fucking up at Anfield? Yeah, it's true. So it is, and like they are flying at the moment. The league, you know, league leaders, uh, and, I, and I think they'll win the league. Um, so it's it's really tough to then say, oh, actually, because of that result, uh, you know, it's two steps backwards, really. Because <coughs> I think uh, for, for me personally, I take uh, enough uh, confidence in the way we performed at Anfield. And against Red Star, and the kind of um, couple of the sound bites they're hearing from uh, interviews with Poch and other players and stuff to say that um, that they they can turn it around. Yeah, because the thing is, like, even when we were one 0 up, like they were penning us in to our own box, and we were pretty much last ditch defending about the fifth minute on. But the way Liverpool play at Anfield, like, even if they were two 0 up, probably three 0 up, they would have been penning us back, going for goals because. They just want it. It suits their forward line to get lots of goals, like even if it is padding stats. Yeah. So that was like it was disappointing to see us last ditch defending from that early on, but it's kind of at Anfield needs must. It, well, if you want to hear a stat, a way to Arsenal, Liverpool, and City with two points up from where we were last season. That's good. <laughs> we lost do, all those. Do, do, that would be yeah. um, that'd be really. If we haven't lost, get smashed. Exactly. If we hadn't lost to the to the lesser team, it could be a lot worse again. We could have lost, you know, six games by now rather yeah. than four. So I suppose there's every every silver lining there. It's just yeah, like home losses to Newcastle, drawing at Watford before get smashed we by Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, out of the League Cup. Yeah, yeah to a League Two side. It's... What? What? So what? What happened? What? 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 what what's going to happen? <laughs> what, what are we doing? Like what, 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 I don't know. I've asked the same question over and over again. Like, how, how do we fix this? How, what happens? I think you've just got to be. We can't uh, keep losing. No, we can't keep losing. But I think for, I think we just have to know that, um, like, we're not going to be able to change anything now because, or get any players in now until uh, January, and we have to make do with the players that we have and and who's available. 
who's returning from injury, yeah. all, all that stuff. I don't know, it's like fucking... It doesn't make you feel a, better No, either. it doesn't. It's, but what do you want me to say? Nothing. That, There's nothing that you can say. Ericsson's going to start turning in performance. Maybe. And, yeah, no. no. Jan's no. Like, suddenly gone <laughs> vegan and he's going to like put an extra two two yards of pace on him. And OK, like, he's no, shagging his wife. Yeah. Right? He's just going to yeah. do for the team. Exactly. Will take a hit. She took one for the team. But, uh, she's I, fucked it. It's her fault. It's it's it's, it's, not, it's not an easy uh, not an easy fix, and I think uh, Poch has just has to. Is only solace in the fact that, that that people do seem calm at the club? Like Poch seems calm. Does that make you feel a bit better? Or? Well, we've got solace in the fact Kane will do anything for the team, and it's looking like Son will do the same. And most teams, bar probably Liverpool and City, would kill to have both those two in their teams. Yeah. So like Son doing it all for the badge. Like, yeah. who wouldn't want that in their team? Because it's like, he clearly loves the club and the quality that he has is quite unmatched. Well, Deli Ali said, he said, um, he said that we, we're behind the club and that all of us owe so much to Pochettino. Yeah. You didn't have to say that. You could have answered it in a very kind of straight back way and say, of course, behind the club and do everything. But he, he went over and above to, uh, to, to, to kind of demonstrate the fact that the players feel indebted to Poch. Um, yeah. Which is all good, all like the platitudes are great, but it's like you've got to start winning games. You have to, and it's not, I know, like, like Kane said it. We're going to come into a Kane quote in a bit and have a chat about it. But you know, sometimes like clubs go through this where you can't buy a win. Yeah, you can't string a win together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Liverpool unbeaten at home in the league for over a year, and they've only failed to score once in that time. So you kind of so yeah. What does that? I mean, like it can't for me. It puts that result in perspective. It's a free hit. As long as we didn't get absolutely annihilated and we up didn't, there, yeah. and yeah. we didn't. We gave a good uh, encounter of ourselves then. And they didn't. There weren't what, what any real sitters. They had a few, few couple few free headers, but they had a lot of position. But we didn't really give them that much. It was only like kind of the penalty. Go on, kind of. Any Spurs fan that was going into that game at Anfield thinking we could win was led by pure blind faith. Just love of Tottenham and thinking we could do it. Mm. So the fact we went away at 2-1, like, it's not the end of the world. Like, a lot of other teams, like, better teams will go there and get battered. Yeah. Not better, but on par with us, teams will get battered. So it's a shame that we didn't win. And to, it's just tough because we went 1-0 up. And you know what people are like, oh, classic Spurs, to bottle a lead. And we didn't bottle that lead. Just sometimes a better team beat you. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to admit that as a well, Spurs we fan. We but, started. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, 2-1, it's not the end of the world. Like, you're not going to be demoralised after that loss. It's just frustrating for what it means. Yeah. What do you think about the penalty? <laughs> I thought that it was a penalty, clearly. Um, but it's it was harsh on Mario, And a lot of people have been digging him out. He... He, he put himself in a situation where he kind of won the ball, lost his foot in, scraped it around, and was looking to just welly the ball. And Mane put himself in front of that. He didn't even like know where Mane was. Put himself between Aurier and the football, and Aurier went to kick the ball, kicked Mane. It's a penalty. And you know, Lamella got one. Is it last year or a year before? And it was the same thing. The irony here is that Liverpool fans should be coming out and going. That wasn't a penalty yeah. because they said the same thing about Lamella, but you know we know what they are. I, but what, personally, I don't think it was a penalty. 
Uh, I, 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 I think you can't that, hinder that, an attacker in that way. No, but how the how like he did, he didn't know like he he raised his leg to clear the ball and then the players come round and he's there's been a leg tangle. Yeah, they've both gone down. Like if again, can't, yeah, can't. But I know. But then if, if someone is about to kick the ball or someone's about to clear it and you think oh instead of getting the ball I'll stick my leg there. Yeah, and then he takes my leg. Then that's a penalty. Like that's ridiculous. Why would you ever? Try and play for that, or um, I mean, why would you even give it? Because you know exactly what what they're doing. It's it's. I just think it was incredibly harsh. I can see by like letters of the law, and um, this is the rule book. He's done blah blah blah. But well, that, that, I just think it's it's the law, isn't it? It's no, the, you can't just say just. You can say I don't agree with the law. No, no, I, no. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it was a penalty. Okay. It's kind of like Suzuko putting his arm up in the Champions League final, isn't it? Like he didn't mean to obstruct Mane, but Mane kicked the ball into his hand, into his arm, basically. So yeah. it cost us. So what I'm saying is Mane hates Tottenham. Yeah, and I he mean, definitely has a thing against us. He always just—I mean, he's such a good player. Yeah, yeah he's an unbelievable, unbelievable winger, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. I, the thing is with Liverpool, like when they signed Mane, they paid like what thirty-four million. It seemed mad like, at the time. Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, you've overpaid for him," but he really has yeah, like no. proved his worth. Yeah, yeah, they haven't. They haven't overpaid. They haven't paid. He's he's top draw. All of them are. And and, he, and the thing with Klopp is he's made average players look what. Pre- Previously, average players that look really good. Yeah, the thing about so Liverpool, that's what Poch used Poch, to do. Yeah, Poch yeah. do that. The thing about Liverpool is, I kind of feel like I'm not saying they're like we were, but the fact like Dejan Lovren came in for Matic, but because their backline is so settled, three of the four that are usually there were there. Lovren could kind of slip in. He's not as good as Matic, but the mistakes he made were like sweeped up by their wing backs. Whereas with our backline now, because it's so unsettled, if you take Vertonghen out. Like Sanchez comes in, but he's not sure who's play- who's playing on the right of him, mm. who's playing on the left. So I think that and helped him because of the style of the game. I've been a big critic of Sanchez, but I thought by and large, apart from a couple of little bits, he had a good game. Alvarez was our best player. Yeah, um, well, or, or Gazaniga. Yeah, uh, definitely, he did well given the fact that he is kind of you know inexperienced and he's always going to be. It's not he's not assured at the back, uh, but you know the fact is he prevented goals from going in, and that's what you can ask really. Um, yeah, Danny Rose is suspended for the next game against Everton, which isn't a bad thing, is it? I think all right. of us have kind of... bit relieved, yeah. Davies going to play. The thing about Davies, he gives you 6 out of 10, but he doesn't mess up, so it's like, he'll give you an okay defensive job, but if the... He looks form for Wales, and he's the game against Red Star. He's like clearly someone who's confident at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I'm surprised that... Well, I'm kind of like... When the team sheet was read out, everyone was a bit uh, kind of like... Because a lot, of, a lot of people miffed, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, there were mm. a lot of people flapping, and um, like in order to kind of like uh, to see it, like Danny Rose and uh, Davies. If if you want to pin their fullbacks back, Danny Rose is going to be the person that's going to be that more uh, ambitious and, mm. and that's going to push forward and that is going to actually pose a threat. Whereas Davies, he won't pass the halfway line. Um, but but he'll he'll be steady. But I think by by doing that, you're inviting the attack on down that side. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, Cecil you don't fit, and I don't think he's going to be um, introduced to the team in a while, really, because like, of his. Uh, kind of feels a little bit like New Year, isn't it? But he's not. He's he's training. He's in full training. Yeah, I know. But you know, Potts don't play like that. It takes ages. Doesn't trust them yeah. until he's seen him in training. Yeah. yeah. The problem is like with Liverpool, their fullbacks. Like when they did the crossfield ball. 
it was just so impressive. And it's like, I feel like Tottenham are the only team that tried to play like high pressing with fullbacks that have no pace. It's just too late though, isn't it? Yeah. Cause it used to work. The aim is not working anymore, and our fullbacks are easily our weakest, yeah. weakest mm. position. Uh, and that, that needs to be remedied. Max Aaron's of Norwich. Yeah, you everyone's heard of him, haven't they? Yeah, actually, you're from that region. Is that the, is he rated down there? Do you know? Uh, a bit. I haven't really had much problem with some Ipswich, but Tyra Mings was heavily rated. What, Ipswich and, and Norwich. Are yeah, we don't like each other. It's I know, old no, farm derby. no, I know the old farm derby, isn't it? But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like down there, people talking about Max Aaron's. Like, yeah, definitely. They are. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. For Norwich, because I work with a few Norwich fans and they love them. Do they? Yeah, definitely. There's something exciting about seeing a fullback go forward, isn't uh, there? He's a, he's a direct, quick fullback. Yeah, exactly. Get him in. Really he's one, one of the ones that, uh, that, that Spurs have been linked with. Because we used to do that. We used to like just kind of like look for the gems, didn't we? For Sheffield cheap United. young England players like Norton and Walker. Yes, but right, yeah. We don't tend to do that as much now. Um, Paul Corfra, he says, uh, "What's happened to Delhi?" Now, obviously, I've for a long time not been fully on the kind of Delhi Alley train. I haven't, and uh, and but it's it, even even when we scored twenty goals in a season, I think on a Bull Street video I said that he, he's overrated. But it's hard to argue that when he's twenty goals a season. Now it's easier because he isn't playing that well. But then none of them are. So I, I really don't want. I'm not going to. I'm not going to perpetuate an idea that Deli Ali isn't the, the player that we think he is because he he's had that in him previously. It's just for a long time I haven't been sold on him and. I don't know, what, what, what do you think? What, what has happened to him? Um, injury, <coughs> really. I think, was he playing well <coughs> up until that Fulham game last year? Because that injury does co- coincide. His lack of form since that game against Fulham when we last won away. He got injured that game, hamstring, right? Yeah. He, we haven't won away since then, and his form hasn't been great since then. So I'd put it down to, uh, to injury, but I'd also put it down to when those uh, the front four... Uh, were on song and they were in a rhythm with each other. As soon as like Ericsson would drop off or Sonny would drop off, then they would all kind of it just wouldn't work. So and when we were attacking and when we were scoring, we were playing great. All four of them had to be on form, and I think just with with the way things that have been at the moment, I think it's really hard to kind of pinpoint it on Delhi and say he's he's not performing. I think. As soon as he gets a good run of games and there's a good feeling, there's that confidence where you can do uh, flicks and where you can do like, the, the short triangle passing and, about, and then break through. Because that's what, what he was known for. The spitefulness is what he's got. But he's matured, though. Yeah, but what, so what? To go back to being immature, if, that, if, if, if the form's coming back... I've really like missed fucking punching people again. Yeah, I really miss like the aggressive Delhi. He used to get back. Put his, he'd like studs up on someone's thigh. And it was beautiful to see when it was a player from your team. I feel like the problem is it's kind of hard to judge any, especially young players, on Tottenham at the moment because the team just isn't playing well. Like Delhi's like what? Is he twenty three? Twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like it's kind of hard to. Like, who else other than Sterling for 23 is killing it for a top six side? Well, I think Delhi Ali in, in, in Man City side probably would be having a better yeah. better time of it. He wouldn't have to do as much as he does for us at the moment, which do is a problem. Revisit it for yeah. a second. Like, do, do, you, do you hold much value in the idea that the, the lack of spending has hamstrung us, that that's the issue? Oh. You, you don't think so? Oh, 100%. Oh, you, you do? It's completely cost us. Yeah, 100%. And is there... If that's the truth, then if in a year from now, that the, the actually let me step back a second. If we're not performing in the way that we we want to be right now, clearly we aren't. 
that if we are previously, and this is just a tough time we've got to go through, that's acceptable, right? If, if it is true. The problem is that we don't know that this form is going to return and we won't necessarily get back to where we were previously. So like, I guess my question is, 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 do you have faith in the fact that this will be fixed and the period we're going through now is, is, a, is, is hurtful and, and damaging, but just a product of what, or, or a symptom of what we have to go through before we get to where we need to be? Absolutely. Is that what you feel? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, so at the time, it was, uh, it, it was a bit of banter, wasn't it? Like, not signing any players for like in the summer <laughs> right. and January. Yeah. Uh, funny, because we got through to the Champions League final. Um, and now. Uh, but is it okay if it secures a long term future? But it's it's like now. So what we're, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go through those pains, and there is a lot of things that need changing and freshening up, and in in a lot of areas, and that that those deals should have been done in the summer and and even in January if if we could have got the players in, um, and we do hear like from Levy Poch from from the industry of how hard it is to get people in and out and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you've got to get someone in. And um, we haven't done that in two windows, and it is costing us. Well, it has cost us, and we're going to have to try and get that time back, that momentum back, that spending heavy, that yeah. kind of uh, that uh, everyone knowing who plays where, what their weaknesses and stuff yeah. like that. It's going to take time, and no matter how, like it's, this, this shit ain't even going to be sorted until next summer, at least. I feel like twelve months from now, we'll see. Well, it. yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's like how long. Uh, do you want to wait in, the, in this modern era? Everything is now. It's like it has to be. It has to be done with now. There has to be actions now, and no one wants to wait. Um, and, and that's fine. I, I completely get that. But um, uh, for me, I, I still think that you're happy to be patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird situation to be in because we say like Alivi comes out and Potts comes out, and they're like, oh, it's really tough to get transfers over the line. But it feels like we're kind of the only club. That say that? Well, no, we, we spent, we spent. Lo Celso's on loan, but he will become a permanent fixture, you, you'd assume. We yeah, spent yeah. 65 million on, on Dumbelli. We spent 30, whatever it was, on, on Sessignon. So we spent in, if we weren't coming on what we... That's the thing, though, because it comes from two windows of not signing anyone. Like, I was happy that we signed the players we did, but I still feel like more needed to be done. Yeah. I think they tried, though. Like, Bruno Fernandes... Do you think? And it's like it's the one of I think they would probably want it, want it to have happened. Like I think if they could, they would have done. If only Potts would have called him directly. Yeah, do you remember that rumor that was going around? Partly. It's like, it, what was the image rights about? I've never heard of that mentioned in football before. The it's image like, rights thing is a real thing, but the idea that Potts didn't sign the ball because he couldn't be fucked to call him is fucking funny. <laughs> Um, the subs were. I do have an issue with Poch uh, yeah. because it was clear that we were like like a little bit just fresh blood in there. Winks was having a, t- a terrible time towards the end of first half and then pretty much throughout the whole of the second half. I think the problem is with Winks, like what he does for the club isn't glamorous. Like he gets possession and passes it and he plays it. Like he's not going to pick like a forward pass that's going to take four defenders out of the game. So when he's not playing well. Well, when the team isn't playing well, he's a very easy scapegoat. Like, he could be giving the same performance as he did before, but because we're not playing well, it's very easy to be like, oh, okay, that guy who he's didn't play the really difficult class. position. Yeah, I feel for him. And he's his under situation. a lot of scrutiny, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. Especially because so many people are hankering after Ndombele, and I think people are seeing him. I think we have two players that play in the same position there. It's like Ndombele or Winks now. 
Yeah, and I feel like with Winks, because he's young and he's English and he came through the academy, like Delhi didn't come through the academy because Delhi is young and English and he's done so well and Kane came through the academy, he's done so well. People kind of expect Winks to just put in this like world-class performance. <coughs> it's like, the thing is with Kane, we've got very lucky in the sense that we've got the best strike in the world come through our academy. Mm. That's not going to happen with every English talent who comes through Tottenham. It's never happened again, probably in our lifetime. Yeah, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing and we should... Just enjoy it for what he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and I feel like Winks is in a really difficult position because we are under the caution, especially that game against Liverpool. Is there anybody in that defensive midfield who's been asked to play is going to find it difficult? It's a really difficult. That, that was a long. Yeah, clip, no, yeah, yeah. I was trying to do it, trying to do it silently. But <laughs> How did you do it silently? No, no. <laughs> uh, Winks is in a is, is a really um, you know like I say it's, it's just a really difficult time for him. And you feel like he has the qualities in a team that has a little bit more confidence to really be impressive in our team. Um, but but the fact is, when Ndombele came in to the side against Liverpool, that when he did, the, the kind of tide changed somewhat. Although I feel like Liverpool may have let off a little bit at that point. Why didn't Ndombele start? I guess because he's played minutes. He's played minutes. I've like talked about it. Weird one, isn't it? Because when Son was going off to Croatia, he's not Croatia, that. to the... North Korea, they were happy to play him every minute of every game, like three games a week. They didn't care. It is, it's frustrating with Ndombele because like, he is clearly one of the most talented centre midfielders in a position we've been lacking for a long time. So like, when he's not on the pitch, it's very easy to do be like... But you play Winks and Ndombele? That's not... That isn't a... I feel like you just play Sissoko and Ndombele and just have two beasts on the pitch. But the problem is, like, none of our centre mids are really defensively minded. Like, Sissoko at CDM, like, he's great, but, like, I don't really rely on him to protect the back four. I just think if he gets the ball, he can carry it well. Yeah. It's kind of the same with Ndombele. And Winks can get the ball and pass it, but, like, it's, it's not like Wanyama yeah, yeah, prior yeah. Wanyama yeah. before he... Got crooked. Uh, so this is Kane's quote after the game: it "says Whenever you lose, you cannot be, in, you can never be encouraged. We battled, but you expect that at this level at every game. It's disappointing being one left at half time, being ahead, and not being able to see it through. Asked if the performance could be a scene as a, another step forward following the five 0 win of Red Star Belgrade, Kane said, "When you lose a game, it's not a step forward. It showed we've we've got to work hard to win the win in the Premier League. It's disappointing, but so we will assess, assess this in the week and where we can improve and take it to Everton next week." So inside that Everton game, yeah. that's the last great performance you've seen in the Tottenham away shirt. was away yeah. last year where it was complete. And it's mad. It's almost like that was the apex, wasn't it? It was the pinnacle of Pochettino's Tottenham because I've never seen a more dominant performance away from home. Yeah. And the thing is as well, it's like we've got Everton away, I think we've got West Ham away and then possibly United away. West Ham away is going to be horrible. So it's like we could go to the. We end must of the have year, a home game. We must have a home game. Yeah, I'm talking about away victories. Right. As in, we could. We've we don't got win away anymore, mate. I forget yeah, it. yeah that's it. So we might it. just see the end of the year with no away victories. Probably, but, but no, no, this is what the tournament. No, this is the tournament we know and love, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, no, don't win away anymore. I've <laughs> said, I've said about Everton for a while as I kind of feel like they're Spurs, like post Bale. It's like they've got a couple of good players going forward. They're a lot in the same position. They've even got Sigurdsson. But they can't defend, so hopefully they'll come at us a good well, part. These are these are two teams who are devoid of confidence. They're, like every single they all, these these people have gone through their professional lives exceeding. Like yeah. They were at school; they were the best player on the pitch at school. In the youth club, youth teams smashing all over. Both sets of players now have reached a point where like they can't 
can't do what they used to do. So it's a great time to really kind of see who is the least shit out of us and ever. Yeah. I, I hate know. the fact that fucking, actually, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Arsenal to make us feel better, but it's it's like, it's almost like the positions have readjusted themselves, which is horrible. Yeah, I feel like in the calendar year of 2019, our rivals have gone from Liverpool and City to like Leicester and Wolves now. But Leicester are banging, though. Yeah, Leicester are great, but it's like they've made up gaps that we've left. They're just at the start of their cycle at the end of us. Yeah. yeah, I love this cycle of shit. Yeah, you can, you can say anything. You can say <laughs> the nineties was years yeah. ago. That cycle yeah, doesn't exist ten, anymore. We had a ten-year cycle of shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Respect the cycle. Okay, all right. We're going to break here now for a cigarette and stuff. Uh, you might hear a message from our sponsors or me reading, doing some sort of read. Nice. Yeah, uh, and then we're going to have a little message from Fansbit, another sponsor. Lovely. Since we love the money. Yeah, and uh, and then we're gonna, we've got a question from Flonius Filth. Yes. Wonderful. Talk! Bad with women. Being bad with women and getting bored with winning. Uh, Same thing, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, we were just talking about it in the break that, um, look, we we were good under Redknapp. Very Mm. good. Exciting team. Great results. Great results, you know, qualifying for the Champions League. And then we went through a horrible transition of AVB and Sherwood. Yeah. Like, this isn't that. And if we can rebound from from being great to being absolute turgid and then come back again before, then we can do it again, surely. This is something... I don't agree with this at all, but is there any truth in the idea that Pochettino is a good manager, but he was made to look better by having a 30-goal-a-season striker and Kane, two centre-backs at the peak of their career, and Yana Vertonghen, Delhi banging goals? I mean... Well, maybe. Uh, 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 but he may, I would he counter may. that Go as to say, um, in any team, when you've got Aguero, when you've got whoever, you need the players. That, but when you've got those types of players, those players are are the players that are going to carry you over uh, to get those results, or to you know, or it's a tight game and you win one nil, whatever. So look, what you're saying is, it, it, like Pochettino is a, a man who can manage big egos and big players. And get the best out of them, which he, we've seen him do. That we never won anything, but we've seen him get the. We were Spurs were talked about in the way that when I was growing up, that you know Man United were talked about, and Arsenal of that, that 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 team many years ago, and you know we he, he was he is the manager that can get the best out of good players, and you know make average players more than capable of, of perform, turning out good performances for Tottenham so yeah he, obviously every good manager needs great players and there's, there's no you know you look at Pep Guardiola it's no coincidence that he's managed Barcelona Bayern Munich and Manchester City do you think Pep Guardiola would have gone to Man City if it didn't have the funding that, he, that, that they have he knows that he, he needs a board and a club that can afford to buy players that will work to his system he's not going to go and do it at fucking Stoke yeah, he did finish, I mean, what, fourth when he had Bakari Sanya at left-back, so... What, with Man City? Yeah, with Man City, he finished fourth, and he had Sanya and what, Kolarov, and he yeah. wasn't ready for it. So, I feel like, do you think if we'd have given Pochettino, say, 300 million in one window, it'd have been a different... I think so. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. It's just, do we have the scouting network that some of these other players, these other clubs that do have that money... To spend, the, you know, do we have the scouting scouting group that could find the players that are necessary? We don't, we don't know. 
It's a weird point with Tottenham because it's like he hasn't had it though. That's the, what we do know. He hasn't had money. Yeah, because like Levy and what was it, Joe Lewis when he was the club, and they were like, "Oh, we have to run in different ways to other clubs." And it's like, well, if you can't afford to run a big club, but they, they can. They have. They just choose to do it in a very slow, pro- pragmatic way, which is frustrating to football uh, fans. And, so you, and the footballers. So you feel like it's like a slow burn, and hopefully it will. Because I feel, I feel like they've done what they've done. Joe Lewis less so than Daniel, Daniel Levy. Because I'm not sure what Joe Lewis fucking does at all. Definitely nothing for Tottenham. Just sits there, being rich, being, being rich. Yeah, um, but they they are he, he he. What we have now as Tottenham isn't what like you mentioned about the '90s at the beginning. That that isn't our football club anymore. That ain't and. We are, we're in a situation where we can't really fail in the same way we have previously. That's my. So, if we are a completely different club to we were in the nineties, do you think we should stop harking back to results in the nineties? To because no. the problem is, I feel like he made your point should... earlier. You're right. Yeah, I'm right. Sorry, sorry. I hope you, yeah, I hope you told him right. That's the worst part of it. But we shouldn't use it to cut down shut down criticism of the current team like we did spend a lot of money in summer but with the money that gets chucked about nowadays I feel like a little bit more would have been helpful and and and, and, and this is the things we don't know because we don't know until we've gone through a couple more windows whether or not what Levy said about investing in the team is bollocks I think that our activity in the transfer window during the summer showed a demonstration of a willingness at the club to invest in the squad yeah and if that is true and we don't know it yet, then you'll see more players come in in, in January and, and uh, the summer next year. The summer next year is going to be key. Because this is a discussion I was having with my dad, and he was saying that, basically, he was saying Lacelso hasn't given what he thought he would, and he's criticising Ndombele, he's wrong there, but do you kind of feel for players like that, Lacelso and Ndombele, that the Tottenham they've signed for aren't... Basically, the Tottenham they signed for aren't performing like they thought we were yeah but but say Modric when he signed for Spurs that like he went into an absolute shit fest mm. you know he didn't know it at the time but that's what ended up happening and I think you know these players are playing, being paid handsomely this also hasn't actually signed he's on loan remember that so um, yeah I mean I, I, if I was a Celso and, and, and Dombele I'd be looking around going fuck have I got involved in here yeah. but I think they'd also know football well enough that things change quickly and six months is a long long time yeah and you know as long as we consolidate our Premier League status this year, then uh, next year we can rebound it's just going to be a painful long experience and this is something that Pochettino actually said he says that fixing what we've got wrong at Spurs and this is before yeah. this, this is before we, we've kind of seen what's wrong with the squad he saw it he said look this is going to be a painful experience so I feel like the club knew maybe they didn't think it was going to be as bad as it has been but they, I think they see an out, um, but uh, we've got to start winning games. Don't we? That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, because I feel we've like we've got to get over the line. We've got to be good enough to beat you know, sixty percent of, of the Premier League. I think for for all of this is a, <coughs> it's all well and good saying yeah, it's a learning curve, um, but I, I, th- I think with the, the kind of relationship between Poch and Levy, that it is a bit of a learning curve because. They're, they're both new, new into what, what, what they expect and what they're, what, they're, what they're being told to do and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think as well that with the way things have the way things have gone previously, in where they have been so measured in their recruitment, like are they good enough skillfully? 
right, tick box, are they good enough mentally, tick box, mm. where have they come from, what's their ground, it, I, I think it gets to the point of like, you can't capture everything, whether to say, right, they are now good enough for Tottenham, and I think with Poch, the rumours that he was, uh, you know, he was given uh, Tielemans from Leicester and, uh, and other players, and he turned his nose up, and I think this time come January or in the summer, and I think Levy has to be uh, ready to say that he was always holding out for the, the, the maximum price for Ericsson, for Toby, for Jan, for, for Rose, whoever. He's going to have to he's going to have to lower his expectations and think, I'm going to take a hit on that. And then with Poch, he's also going to have to accept the fact that um, the players that he wants to get in, that they are not going to tick all the boxes and they're not going to be the perfect match to, to walk straight in. He's, he's just going to have to... Uh, trust his instincts and uh, and go on a punt with people as well. Well, I, I just feel like that 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 those skill sets that that exist within Pochettino are perfect for finding a rough diamond and and creating something out of him. He's proved it over and over again. Look at the money that Southampton got from that team that he took over from Nigel Atkins. I think he took over from. Yeah. He turned Southampton into a excellent football inside, but more importantly. He turned players that weren't worth the money. The, the, the Southampton South got money for these players, and, and it, the, the, they just weren't worth it. He did that, and uh, and he's done that for Spurs as well. He's turned us, you know, he, he's been a massive part in turning us into the club that we are right now. And part of the reason why everyone's so fucked off is I feel like we all know what Tottenham could be and what we are. It's just that. We're not seeing it on the pitch currently. No, um, no. Floney sent in a question. He wanted us to discuss this. I think it's on the back of Liverpool's reaction. He's been getting some stick from some Liverpool fans. He says, do you believe in the future, say 100 years from now, passionate diehard fandom of football clubs will be laughed at like evangelical religious people are laughed at in, in some sections of society? Do, 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 we, do we behave in a weird way, football fans, around our football clubs? Or Liverpool especially do. Yeah, I can see that because... When I was coming to the pod today, my girlfriend was like, do you even like Spurs? She was like, you're so critical of them. And it's like, it's a real problem. Like, football fans, like, I don't know, it's just, it's a great outlet, isn't it? I love Tottenham, I love getting together and talking with Spurs fans about football. So I feel like as long as it doesn't cross a line, like, if my manager was an Arsenal fan, obviously, I'm going to work for him still. So it's not at that level yet. It's just... For me, it's a beautiful way to spend my free time. It's when it becomes more... And it does that for so many fans. It becomes more than a pastime. It becomes a part of their identity. And it all, we all, we've all been there. We've all been there. So the first thing that you often speak about when you meet a bloke that you don't know, just to create conversation, is what team do you support? Yeah. And if they say, no, no I don't like football, you're like, fuck. Where do we go from Where here? Where do we go from here? But... Uh, there's so many there's so many parallels between religion and football it's it's unbelievable um i feel like there will be kind of uh, peaks in how embarrassing football fans are and most fans and most clubs don't kind of put themselves above the parapet but liverpool fans do I feel like it's a weird place because Copper90 did a study of like younger football fans and they were saying basically because of the way football is becoming it's so monopolised, it's such a global sport now, they're like you get young kids who grow up in, I don't know, like Preston but they play with Napoli on FIFA because so they then good. end up supporting Napoli because they like them. Yeah. So I kind of feel like possibly the fact that like, I support Tottenham because my dad supports Tottenham mm. and I love my dad so that was like our family unit. Yeah. 
so I could see like the family idea of football, well, going the way that Tottenham has, where it's becoming less and less part of actual fan bases. It's you support Tottenham because I don't know, like you like their kit more or less than it is now. Whereas yeah. I support them because my dad supports them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like a hundred years from now that uh, no one actually goes to the stadium and people were laughing at? Uh, us going out in all weathers, making travel journeys, when all you have to do is just plug your headphones into something. It's so sad. You've got the surround sound, you, you've got, yeah, you've got like, the smell of vision, yeah. and there's, 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 there's the dirty shit. beer farts going on in the ground, yeah. and uh, and like people shouting stuff. But do you know what, right? And like we're saying about how embarrassing, or it's embarrassing about, it's not, football isn't a pastime, and like... Tottenham is my life. It mm. always has been. It always will be. It affects my weekends. It affects my mood. Like, even when we're going through these bits, and even when we're fucking winning, it's like, there's always in the back of your mind, like, what's going to happen next? But yeah. it's the hope that, you know, <laughs> that that will get you. And no matter where I am, what I'm doing, wh- whatever time and how bad we are or how good we are, it's that hope of the, there is going to be something greater that we that we around the corner that, that we haven't yet and achieved, and it will always keep me going. And not only the football side, it's the meeting up with mates, having a laugh. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I've got a missus and young kids, and uh, your, your everyday life routine, and then you know, unzipping from Rick, the dad's goes to work, blah blah blah, and going to meet your mates getting pissed up, having a laugh and stuff like that. I don't think... How, how would you ever... Replace it. Replace it, yeah. synthesise it or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Like I have a seven-year-old nephew and a five-year-old nephew and they started loving Tottenham. They say Toplum because they can't pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. it's just, seeing them love Spurs makes me love them so much more. So I feel like the connection you get from football, maybe for some fans it can drift, but the connection you get from people I don't really feel will be replaced. There's nothing in society that I can think of that gives people more happiness and creates more sorrow, but that's on, from a basis of, of, of loving something than football. Yeah. Like, it's unparalleled anywhere. Yeah. And, and, and part of the reason why we're sitting here talking about Spurs, but, but you're affected by a, 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 a result you know, us losing to Liverpool or Brighton or whatever it might be, it's because you love it so much. You love the club. Like when you see people like tweeting and going mental on 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 Twitter, or you see even Arsenal fan TV, DT and troops going crazy, and in, in in most people's opinion, embarrassing their football club. They're, the way they behave is a reaction to the fact that they, like all of us, have fallen in love with something, and it's football does that and that's why it is so important it gives people respite but it also makes people happy and it also makes them feel alive by being sad as well yeah like if it wasn't for Tottenham like my dad and I have got what boxing and Tottenham (coughs) and that's it but that's what makes us so close like when it's Christmas time I'll give my dad my present he'll give him mine and we'll be happy but when we scored against Ajax I remember grabbing my dad like almost at tears yeah and him screaming we're in the final yeah yeah and nothing will ever get like even as a child when we won the league cup in 2008 I remember my dad my brother and my uncle and I just dancing in the living room Mm. because we'd never experienced that before we're talking about a very difficult period but we've had these moments that we will never forget we never forget that that, that one against Ajax was so incredibly unspurred yeah that we will never forget it. And and this is during a period where people are now going, well, we haven't won away 
since January, but it doesn't matter. It, do, it does matter. It does. That's the wrong thing to say. It does matter, but it, it also, if that really bad spat of form is punctuated by its unbridled glory, then there's solace in every bad performance. Yeah. Anyway, got some uh, news here. David Ornstein, I think he writes for the Guardian, uh, said that uh, during the summer, when, when Spurs were trying to get rid of players, said we received one bid of £15 million from for out of Herald from from Roma, and only United were interested in Ericsson. And as we know, he's, he's made it a point of saying that he wanted to move to Spain. So I guess the point of this news article is that selling players is key to Spurs' summer, and it's very difficult when you've got players who are highly regarded at the, towards the end of their contract to get rid of them. So it creates the, the, the situation we're in now is it's it's been exacerbated by the fact that we couldn't move these players on. And it's yeah. more difficult than people think. Do you really think twenty five million for Alderweireld would have like bought in new transfers? I like, don't think offered fifteen million. Like it's certainly ten million. <coughs> like I'm quite happy Alderweireld stayed because he's clearly one of our best centre backs. But yeah. it was like I don't know. Like I shouldn't quote Carragher, but he said like with a lot of our players, like are they really better than Spurs? Like is Alderweireld going to go into a team that's better than Tottenham? Probably not. Not at this stage of his career, no. And the same with, like, Ericsson. I love him to bits, and he's been one of our best centre-attacking mid, centre mids in a long time. But, like, he's not going to walk into Barcelona. Not yeah, going to walk into Real Madrid. I not those. No. Now, it's a weird time for Tottenham, because it was, like, when I was a kid, like, all I prayed was that Robbie Keane and Berbatov didn't leave Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> and now our best players have stuck Both around. Did. Yeah, and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know, like, yeah. if someone had offered you 70 million for Ericsson last season... No, you, like, you wouldn't take it. Exactly. Yeah, true. Uh, Darren Brenton said that Arsenal... I, I found out that Darren Brenton's a fucking proper gooner. Like, massive. Fucking, yeah, Is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, a huge gooner. Didn't he call a Spurs fan a prick on Twitter, like, back in, like, 2010? <laughs> like, when someone criticised his form... There um, are a lot of pricks on Yeah, my mum told me, so that's how I'm <laughs> serious. Like, if your mum knows... But he's, saying, uh, he's saying Arsenal could uh, move for Vertonghen on a free. I don't think Vertonghen would do it. He, he wants nah. to go back to Ajax. He'll, no, go, he he'll stay at Tottenham and he'll go back to Ajax. He'll, he'll leave on, on the end, uh, end of the season and go back to Ajax. And I think, hopefully never, Toby does it. He'll never go Arsenal. No chance. No, exactly. No, exactly. no, no chance. Do you see that video off. of him with Jack Whitehall when they were like, we're somewhere very quiet, and he said, yeah, Emirates, 3pm yeah, yeah, on a Saturday. Like, yeah. Well, something fucking hates Arsenal. Yeah, definitely ain't gonna happen. And and that's the kind of that's the the what do you say like uh, the belief pattern that, that was built into him when he was at Ajax. Yeah, and it's just like for a change, like Tottenham players going to Arsenal, they're not gonna think they're getting a step up. They're like, look at this weird fan base that just worships Aubameyang. Yeah. They don't care. Like their fans wear wigs. Not bothered. See, uh, DT got his hat snatched. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it was quite Paris fans apparently. I hope so. Was it really? It was beautiful. Yeah. It was just like they knew what they were getting, but just a little pluck of the hat, and then people like sending photoshops pictures. Yeah. Of his head. <laughs> I hope someone snatched his head one day. He deserves to get banged out. Like, I, met, I met him a couple of times, and every time I met him, very you know, very lovely and no problem, as you, you'd expect. But um, it's, it must be mad living his life, like how much negative energy that yeah. he brought back to him I wouldn't replace I like, it like my friend sent me a video of his head his hat getting snatched off him and it was to P. Diddy and Faith Evans every step you take <laughs> <laughs> it was just like bang it was that R.I.P. hat 2018-2019 you, know, you deserve it big man I've just seen I've seen this thing on Reddit earlier today a post 
on uh, Arcoids, which you, you should go if you're on Reddit, go and, go and subscribe to the Spurs page. It's very good. Um, but one geezer, I'm not sure if he's, he's he's being authentic or not, right? But I looked at some of his other responses to the message that he sent, and it seemed like he did 100% believe. Now, just by his age, like, he, can you guess his age by by, by what what he's saying here? So he he's come up with a solution to to solve the top problems at Tottenham. Selrose and by Nico <laughs> Taglifico. Sell Toby and buy a bet in the in quotes a better centre back that's been great in the lower leagues. Excellent. Uh, sell Jan and buy a midfielder. Excellent. Sell Ericsson buy Ziek Zionillo, Donny or other prospects, and sell Serge and buy Atto or any other no nonsense right back. Mm. So uh, like, uh, there are people walking around thinking that they can solve the problems at Tottenham. Football that, manager chat though, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly, what it's that's exactly, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it's thinks of. Uh, I just, I just wonder how, how old you think he is. Fourteen. He doesn't know what it's about. I think it's about fourteen. Yeah, like I'd happily, I quite like Ziyech being at Spurs. Yeah, he's a winger who can take a shot. But oh, the others like. Sometimes I can't get that commentary out of my head. That I, I actually the second go. Ziyech! When Ziyech hits the bar and they're like, maybe something's yeah, happening yeah, for Tottenham, yeah, you're yeah. like, yes, it is! <laughs> it is, bruv! <laughs> We've got some questions. Uh, Chatterham7, he says, how do I get Z- Gazaniga's uh, eyes and effortless charm? You don't, man. You're born with that shit. Yeah. You've got it, you ain't. You can't. Yeah, you can't. It's one of those so I was watching, <laughs> watching Spurs and uh, Red Star the other day <laughs> and he came on the... On the uh, oh, he's playing, wasn't he? And yeah. he's watching Misses. He's like... He's handsome. I was like, yeah, we all know how fucking handsome he is. Yeah, it's just one he of those. He's a dreamboat, isn't he? Yeah, sadly, it's like it's his we, eyes. Yeah, some guys are handsome, some guys aren't. You just got to live with it. So you're, you're you're handsome and you're fucking playing Premier League football for your. For your for you're good. Like, yeah, you're yeah. good, man. You got everything, in you? Like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you ain't got it, Chatham, so it's nor nor of we. Uh, but just like, let's appreciate how how beautiful he is, and you know, doing a semi decent job. Yeah, a couple of, like there's always a brain fighting him. But I, I would just like to say anyone who thinks he's better than Larice is talking shite. But he's anyone, a good player. I mean, anyone does really. Yeah, uh, a couple of fans have tried to say that he's better, but he's nowhere near Larice. Like Larice, like because we've had him for so long, we like to think he's not amazing, but he's what probably in top two goalkeepers of all time at Tottenham. Yeah. Probably. Yes, yeah, a good. Uh, yeah. I can't. Like, I'm just like, thinking... Pat Jennings won shit, but he went and played for Arsenal. So, but he's like hist- historically would see him as our, um, our number yeah, one. Yeah, he's going to be our greatest goalkeeper of all time. But you're right. Yeah, Larice uh, probably is. Yeah, like, he's at that point where I was like, Tony you know Parks had that. Gr- Mate, he won. Yeah, <laughs> he won it in '84. Yeah. So doesn't uh, matter. Handle it. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. He's at that point, like. He, he can drink drive. Like, he hit me with his car when he's drunk. I was all right with it. Yeah. <laughs> Not mad. Just keep saving those goals. Yeah, you're good enough, mate. I don't mind. I'll crutch this for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Nagishi, uh, he said the scum, the gift that keeps giving. Uh, and this is hashtag Granite Jacker. It's like, I, <coughs> I want to laugh at Arsenal, but because we're kind of... No, I can happily... Oh, happily... But when when they drew that game, and yeah. I knew that the fallout that made me feel better, and, and oh, yeah. we've talked about it before, but like they, I hate them as much as I love Tottenham. Yeah, yeah really that's fair. Like, but that, I think they're in the, within their rights to fucking hate Zaka for throwing their shirt. Like Hossam Ghali, who was the last player to chuck our shirt when he right. got subbed and subbed on and that's, subbed off. That's right. Wasn't he mad like fuck off as well? Yeah. And, like, and uh, like yeah, get, well, he, like, he's a club captain. I know. Yeah, but um, yeah. What does that say? 
the thing they're about, broken, aren't they? The thing about Arsenal fans, they're not real football fans. Like when we drew with them two two, Arsenal fans they didn't say anything in the build up to that, and then when we drew two two, they're like, Oh, two 0 up and you fucked it up and you just like you wait till you know you can't lose. I just yeah, they always are, go early. They are the worst type of football. Oh, fan. We know that. We know I've, that. I've never liked anyone less than I like Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's a joke. Uh, final question from Mully five 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 on Twitter. He says the classic Orient for a fiver docu documentary famously showed the manager picking a fight with two players at halftime, calling one a big cunt and one a little cunt. And he also said, "If you can, what did he say? If you can have it and can bring your dinners too." <laughs> yeah. It was John Sitton, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. He says, "If Poch does that to, on the Amazon series, this is coming. Um, who would he be calling out? So, out of everyone in that dressing room, who's going to he's going to call out for a fight? Big cunt is Jan Vertonghen because he's big in the face, yeah. and uh, little cunt probably Carl Walker Peters. Got to be Carl Walker Peters. He hates his guts. What has he done? What has he done? Like he's an always a player. Do you know? I, I was thinking about Ericsson for a little cunt, and how like yeah, what uh, Carl Walker Peters? Ericsson mate, he's, he's fucking bold. And yeah. He grew a hairline. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Know. It's got to be Carl Walker Peters because like he, this kid is. He's an alright player, man. Like he can't be any worse but, than alright. I, I just want to know what's gone on. Like why? Mate, what? What's going on? Do you remember when Zaha got sold by United because he fucked Molly's daughter? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Carl Walker Peters. version to, to Carl Walker Peters fucked Pochettino's son. I, I think oh, we talked about this on the pod. Maybe he don't want to admit it. But yeah, and. and yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, something like that. Well, yeah, he's, yeah. he's pressed his son. What, yeah, what, <laughs> what, 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 yeah, why isn't he getting picked? Unless than that, it's just Carl he's just caught him. Like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe he caught him wanking off to piss himself or something. Fuck <laughs> 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 oh, knows, who knows. All right, that's it for the Fighting Club podcast. Thank you so much, Connor, for joining us. We're about to see Noah's Bard if you want to listen to a podcast that has nothing to do with Tottenham, and this is a great time to do it. Uh, we're going to record one of them. And yeah. we're talking about anything other, which is basically sex in it, sex porn, and, and eating back off. Yeah, exactly. Eating batty. <laughs> Trust me, if you've got a girlfriend, eat her ass. She'll love it. <laughs> and on that note, uh, you know, <laughs> come and spurs. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.